Grace Allen. And I'm Ricardo Allen, and we are the Allens. Welcome to our podcast where we share our unfiltered insights, perspective, and knowledge on this roller coaster of a ride that we call life. Ricardo Allen is down at the 42 and a half, 43. Join us as we go all in on all topics ranging from changing diapers to preparing for Super Bowl Sunday. Guns it across the middle. Ricardo Allen, the interception. 35, 30, Allen 25. Welcome to All In with the Allens. Hey guys, I am here with my oldest and dearest friend, Allie. Hey everybody. So I think it's important that we address the fact that Allie and I are not sitting together at a table, unfortunately, like I hoped we would be this weekend, but that we are thousands of miles apart. I'm in at home in Atlanta and Allie is in Indiana. We were supposed to be together this weekend for a baby brunch to celebrate this pregnancy and just to get together because life is so crazy. And I was excited to sit down with her and do this episode face to face, but times have changed and we're facing all the things we're facing. So this is the next best option. Hopefully everything can go okay with hearing our voices fine. Um, Allie is obviously on the phone. So this is the first episode that we've recorded with somebody like out of the studio, even though it's not a studio, we just are set up in the basement, but it's fun to say that. So, Allie, how yeah. are you doing? I'm I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. This is a totally new um, experience that obviously everybody's going through, but getting through it just one day at a time. It's the truth. So, tell the people what you do. So, I am a registered nurse. Um, formerly, before I worked as a nurse from home, which is what I'm currently doing, um, I worked as a transplant operating room nurse. And when I was pregnant with uh, my son, Charlie, who's now seven and a half months old, I was uh, granted this opportunity to work with patients from home virtually through a company called Second MD. So Which is now super I work cool. virtually from Considering home, that's right? like what so much of this has become due to COVID. Like you were kind yeah. of ahead of the ball. Yeah. Our company, um, actually set in place a COVID uh, hotline that is run by nurses. uh, And we get to speak with uh, hundreds of people every day who are scared or nervous or just hoping for additional education on what to do for their certain specific condition and related, you know, relation to COVID. So So pretty um, much you're a badass. You're at home on the front lines, essentially battling COVID with people and your seven and a half month, seven and a half month old son who is also home, right? Because everything's closed. Yes. So he was going to daycare, but daycare closed. So he is home with me. My husband is um, considered an essential worker. So he's still going out to work. Mm. And so Charlie is with me throughout the day. Yeah. That's what is, what does a typical day kind of look like for you right now? So as of this week, we, um, I have someone who comes to help with Charlie about four hours a day. So helpful. And then the rest of the time um, is Charlie and I. Yeah. We wake up like around 6 a.m. and I'm able to do the morning routine with him without being on my computer. I get on the computer around 8, so we'll do breakfast and play. And then he goes down for his nap and I'm able to get a good uh, solid amount of work in while he does his first nap, my help gets here around 10 a.m. 
So then I bust out as much work as I can while she's here for that extended period of, you know, mm-hmm. like four hours. Yeah. And then the afternoons are, um, he sits in the high chair and I give him as many puffs as I can. Oh of gosh, course, puffs are like, that is the key to motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> or he sits in baby jail and has as many toys as I can humanly find. Jail, so which that, is that like a pack and play? <laughs> a pack and play, but we call it baby jail. I love it. <laughs> Um, so I can get my work done and I just step in the other room, um, to take calls if I need to. And that's how we make it through. It's crazy. And then you put him to bed and then you get on a call with me. So your day has been multiple hours long now. So I appreciate it. Um, so Allie and I met in eighth grade, little backstory here. My parents divorced and I moved from Chicago, Illinois to a smallish town called Lafayette, Indiana. And Allie was the first friend that I met my first day of school. So I didn't move like at the start of a school year, like that probably would have been really nice, (laughs) but I moved to a new school the week following spring break. So there was like, when did we finish? I feel like Indiana finished sooner than Illinois. So I feel like there was all of April and like a couple weeks of May. Yeah. Yeah. So like I moved, we went on spring break and then my mom and my sister and I relocated to Indiana and I started school first week of April and then finished out the school year. And so Allie was the first friend really that I made and that I like, I, the first person I actually like liked and, um, turned out we only lived like two blocks away from each other. So we pretty much spent all of that first summer together and then rocked together all of high school and Allie is now married to her high school sweetheart, Nick. So Nick is a good friend of mine as well. And it's just like crazy to think how long ago that was. It's insane. It really is. It really is. And now we have kids and yeah. our moms. And <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's really so wild the ago. way that it just like has evolved. And so then I went on to Purdue. You kind of did a couple different things after high school um, before getting, deciding you wanted to be a nurse. So during college, we kind of did our own separate things, but always kept in touch. But I wouldn't say we were like super close just because like our lives just looked a little bit different and what it was that we chose to do right after high school. But then like all good friends do, you end up finding your way kind of like back to one another. And we've never really looked back since. Yep. Here we are. So yeah, just a little backstory about our friendship. And um, I just thought that it would be, kind of cool on the show just to have different people on that have different perspectives and takes on things. And and like I always say in the, in the uh, prior episodes, like everyone that we invite on, like we want them to be a hundred percent themselves. So you might not agree with everything that someone has to say, or I have to say, or Rico has to say, and like, that's totally okay. But I feel like if you can just take one nugget of advice from every episode, or none at all, but you feel like, oh, there's someone I could share this with, that there's a mom out there that could really benefit from hearing this message or whatever it may be. Um, It's just really important to me that this is a safe place that people can be themselves and share their true unfiltered opinions on whatever the topic is. So Allie is a boss, as we know, she's a registered nurse. She is like working a COVID hotline right now, which is absolutely insane. And Beyond that, like she has always been one of those people that prior to becoming a mom, like she's always been a mom. (laughs) So Allie's always been responsible and 
she is, she takes care of people and thinks about people in a way that like, I can only dream to be half, half the way that she is. So there was no doubt in my mind when Allie and Nick got married two years ago, right? Coming up. Yeah. Two year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So in yeah. May, and they'll be married two years. So there was like no doubt in my mind when Allie texted me like, Hey, I think I, think I might be pregnant I was like heck yes you know she there was no doubt in my mind she was going to make the greatest mom so I figured that it would be cool just to kind of discuss new motherhood like seven and a half months he's not an infant you know he's not a newborn he's not a toddler but like he's still in that first year of life where it gets kind of rocky like you're kind of figuring out what this new role kind of looks like for you so I'm just curious to know like what are some of the things about motherhood that you expected to be the way that they are? If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for those words. I love you. Oh my gosh. Um, I love you. Things, things about motherhood that I expected, um, my schedule was going to change, right? I knew that a new life was coming into my world and things would look different. I knew that there would be less sleepless nights, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. More sleepless nights, sorry. Um, And I knew that there would just be a shift in my priorities. For sure. The things that I used to, you know, really take take effort in or or need or make like what, for example. Like when you say um, that, like what are those for you? Because for every person, I feel like like you could hear this and you could think like, oh, you're not going to be able to get your nails done as often. But like, yeah, maybe that is one for you. But like, what is that for you? Yeah, I'm like pedicures. I would I used I to get a pedicure every two weeks. I know. Yeah, was, you're so good about like, that. that. That was the stipulation that I just did not, I didn't miss. There was I no wagering. Did. Yeah, that was that. Oh, after Charlie was born, I'm pretty sure I didn't get a pedicure for five months. I feel like that's <laughs> true. And I actually know it's true because I remember the first text message you sent me like with a picture of your feet in the bowl and you're like, how has yeah. it been five months? And I'm like, this is how I know it's been crazy because you are a two week uh, rain or like shine. I yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I pray prior to pregnancy or having Charlie, I legitimately would not cut my own toenails. Well, That's let's just talk about I pregnancy. Do. I feel like you got a pedicure every week of pregnancy. Yep. I did. Which I'm not like, to mention, my third trimester, I really did. No, I remember all those texts, but like, I was inspired by you in the way that you took care of your toenails and allowed people to rub your feet when you were pregnant that I told myself like the next time I'm pregnant, I'm getting a pedicure every week of my third trimester. Well, surprise, I haven't been in six weeks. I'm not going to get a pedicure for the rest of my pregnancy with the way everything is closed down. So I was just telling Rico the other day, I was like, remember when I first got pregnant and I was like so sick and I kept telling you like, Get ready, because at the end of my pregnancy, I'm getting a pedicure every single week. Every week. Well, it hasn't oh. happened, so I'm like, so get ready, because when this baby's born, you're going to be home with it, and I'm going to go make up for all the pedicures I didn't get. Yeah. Okay, so pedicures, 100%. self-care-ish kind of stuff, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I think, like, I have two dogs. My dogs were a huge part of my everyday, like, you know, they were my babies before mm-hmm. I had a baby. And people would say, oh, just wait until you have a a kid, you know, things are going to change. And I really didn't believe it, but Mm. I mean, they definitely have taken the back burner, you know. I mean, they're still so loved and cared for and spoiled. Like, they are. It's out of control. But in comparison to before Charlie, definitely. Yep. Yep. 100%. And that's okay. So really, for the most part, dogs, pedicures, 
Yeah. Less sleep. Charlie's a really good sleeper, though. Yeah. So one thing that I I really made a non-negotiable on was sleep training and being really, really rigid on his schedule when he was little. Um, Tell us, tell the people about that, because this is one of, this is people's fear with motherhood. And even me going into it a third time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to not sleep again. So tell us all your ways. the, The first four weeks, so like the first month he was home, I really didn't do anything. It was like true survival mode. Mm-hmm. We just, we, we did whatever, whatever was necessary. And he slept in a mini crib in my bedroom. But then once he turned a month, one month old, he was transitioned into his crib in his nursery, which is like 10 steps from our bedroom. I have a, an amazing monitor that I love. It's called the Nanit. I tell every single mom about it. Yes, you. I do love that. Um, and it's set up next to my nightstand. And I follow um, something called Taking Care of Babies. She's on Instagram. And um, I watched her videos even like, while I was pregnant and just knew that it was something that aligned with the things that were important to me. She was a NICU nurse before she did what she's doing now. And uh, our values were you know, pretty similar. Mm-hmm. So, A mom you could relate um, to. Exactly. And I will um, link so, her Instagram um, below the podcast. So if anyone wants to follow her or is curious what Allie said, if you just go to this episode, I will provide the direct clickable link to her Instagram and Allie's. That's perfect. Yep, that would yeah, be a she reference. Has, she has so much free material too beyond the classes that you can purchase. That's she awesome. So many good tips and highlights on her stories every day. She's love awesome. that. Okay. Yeah it's flexible in the way that you can kind of tailor it to what you want to do with your own child, which I like. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a, you know, quote unquote, cry it out. It's you really tailor it to what you want for your baby. Okay, I um, and I followed it and did um, the, the 12 week, 12 week program. And then another one for three and four months old. And then one for five months and beyond. And we've done them all as he's, as he's grown and I would say 75 to 85% of the time he sleeps through the night 11 to 12 hours a night incredible he um, puts himself to sleep I don't I put him down drowsy but awake every night he doesn't really cry anymore when he goes down unless he's just had a really bad day but he still put himself to sleep and you know there are obviously if he's sick or you know he had oh, yeah. a double yeah. ear infection for the first time two weeks ago those were you know rough sleepless nights again for a few nights but beyond that he really does an excellent job of of sleeping and I would say I don't know around four-ish probably when he was four-ish months old that became a real substantial like every night we could kind of count on it before that that, going to sleep for the night yeah and that's incredible honestly I think back to like Luca and I remember that the first time he ever slept through the night, I woke up in a full-blown panic in the morning because I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? But my kid was 10 months old. So whoever this chick is that that you're following on Instagram and all of the things you're doing in your home, clearly they work because I just thought my kid would sleep. And that's not really what kids do if you don't teach them most of the time. the most important thing is you have to be like, you have to set yourself with boundaries and know what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with and and following the, you know, the help that you need and still knowing that your motherly instinct is there no matter what, no matter if it's your first kid or 10th kid, you'll know what to do and and you'll do it and then they'll be 
still be perfectly fine. Yeah, exactly. That That's a really good thing to know because everybody does have different opinions on like sleep training, crying it out, breastfeeding. I feel like there's never a more, I don't really, like, I just feel like when you become a mother, the opinion, everybody, everyone has, their, has an opinion uh, about every, even pregnancy. It's like, yep. it's like an, it opens you up to just unsolicited advice from strangers, from, from literally everyone. From it's anyone, just like a from everyone. Yep. So I think you made a yep. really good point when you said like, no matter what number kid it is, like your motherly instinct is there. Like whether it's super strong and it happens the minute you push your baby out or it comes on a few months later, like at the end of the day, you do know what is best for your child, you know? Absolutely. There's no doubt. Absolutely. So like with Lennon, I didn't mess around with sleeping. At six weeks, I was like, we are figuring this out because I can't do that again. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. now that there's yeah. two of you. So that's super exactly. important to know. You just have to kind of roll with it and do what is best for your family. So is there anything else about motherhood that was like super expected for you? Not really. Honestly, I feel like, I feel like that's really yeah. it. No, that's really good. How about unexpected things? Unexpected. I feel like I did not expect in those first four weeks, especially, um, I used to think that I was tired of working <laughs> transplant OR and being on call 24 hours a day. No, it doesn't take a cake to the first weeks of, uh, postpartum, your hormones, your up feeding a baby, whether that be breastfeeding or bottle feeding, regardless, they need you every mm-hmm. second of every day. They don't know if it's night or day. You don't, don't know care. if it's night yeah, or day. It's so true. It was, yeah, true survival. So I feel like I really thought, I, and even now I'm like, oh, I was, I was really tired back then. Like, yeah. That was, you, you think it and you pr- try to prepare yourself, but I don't think there's, there's anything you can truly do until you feel it yourself. It's so true. And then it's like, how quickly do you forget it? I, I feel, yeah, like, I feel like it's been years ago. Okay. Even though Cause I'm like trying to channel away. that again. Like, okay, what are those yeah. first few weeks really like? And it's like, once it's gone, it's gone. And I honestly feel like maybe that's God's way of like protecting the human race because he knows that if like yeah. mothers everywhere so you, remembered so all of again. the torturous <laughs> things that you go through being pregnant and giving birth and like how difficult those early days are, like nobody would do it. No, 100%. I totally agree with you. I think, yeah, I think it's there for a reason. And then you just easily forget for a reason, too. There's no doubt. Same, you were super sick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. My, gosh, first 26 weeks of pregnancy. Yeah, you had nine. I lost 17 pounds. It was, yeah, it was horrible. Brutal. But now thinking back, I'm like, was it that bad? Like, I know it was. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But again, it's another thing that you forgot. Yeah. Yep. People forget. And, we forget, yeah. you forget, I forget, like, it's just, it's part of it. So definitely this, the sleepless nights and just the, just the exhaustion yeah. and like the, the being needed nonstop while your body, like for me, something that I wasn't expecting was like trying to recover my own body from birth, which like I ended up having a C-section and I've shared that in a, in a previous episode, but like being in pain and struggling to be able to sit up or to lay a, a child yeah. across your chest and your, in your abdomen that like, for my case, it had like just been cut open and it had sutures and stitches and trying to figure out breastfeeding. It's like you're mangled and destroyed most of the time. And yeah. that doesn't matter because you're still having to tend to the needs of your baby. So for me, it was like, 
I knew I was going to be tired. I knew my baby was going to need me, but I didn't realize prior to the moments and living in it, like just how much my own body was going to need me. Yeah. And like just the hormones alone and all the, like your physical, but your mental too state is just tell me more about in, that. in a world of, I don't know, for me, it was just, it, I had really, really high moments. I had really, really low moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would get better and worse. You know, I would have days that were really, really great. And I'd have other days that were really, really terrible. And I was not someone who struggled with anxiety really prior to mm-hmm. to pregnancy or get your having truly, but afterwards it came on very strong. Um, so Charlie was in the NICU, um, his third day of life until um, for 12 days. Mm-hmm. He got a virus. We're not sure how, but sometime within the time of birth to his third day of life, he uh, got something called metavirus. And was in the NICU for 12, 12 days. He was on oxygen. Lots, lots and lots of tests were run. And it was a really dark time for me. But um, I think that that really uh, caused me to really not take care of myself long. I never left the hospital. Well, I left the hospital once in 12 days. I left his room twice in 12 days. And other than that, I showered there. I ate there. I slept there on the little couch. I did everything Mm -hmm. there. I didn't leave his side. Um, And that really brought on a whole new mental state that I had never really experienced before. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with that's understandable. Yeah. At first I didn't, um, I didn't allow myself to feel those type of feelings. Mm-hmm. I think I really just tried to push them away because I thought, well, she's not a, you know, a quote unquote NICU baby, right? He was born healthy. We went home and then went back to the NICU mm-hmm. the next day. So I, until I actually sought out some help, um, I went to a therapist mm-hmm. who was able to kind of help me work through some of these things. I didn't even realize, like, no, he was a NICU baby. It doesn't matter how long your baby's in the NICU. That it, it, there's, it's not a contest, you know. That's your baby was sick, and, point. yeah, and he needed you, and he needed nurses and doctors. And um, for me, my hardest part was I have a nurse brain and I have a mom brain. I'm literally had a mom brain for three days, right? And now he's All in the right. NICU. My nurse brain is overwhelming me, and I don't know what to do talking with someone, you know, a a professional was 1000% changed my life. Well, that's really brave of you to share that story and that you were like confident enough to seek out help. And like, I feel like as as a woman and like a strong woman and an, an educated woman, it's hard to, to like admit like, okay, I might need some help navigating this. But like, like you said, it took somebody else pointing out to you that like your trauma, just because it might not be as long as someone else's or had a better end outcome as somebody else's doesn't mean it's not trauma. You know what I mean? I'm proud of you for taking that step and for not being like too proud or too smart or too whatever to feel like you needed advice from someone or just for someone to hear you out and give you their perspective. Can I ask when was there like a defining moment that you felt like, okay, this is more than me just being 
tired or adjusting to being a new mom, like I think something might be really wrong here. Like, was there a defining moment for you or was it kind of just always in the back of your mind? Yeah. So I would say like, so they're called intrusive thoughts, right? So like negative or bad thoughts that come. And for me, it was a little bit there when, when we first came home, they weren't all the time. It'd be fleeting, you know, they'd come in and go as fast as, you know, as fast as it would come, it would go. And I wouldn't really think much of it. And I would text a friend like you, I'd say like, is it normal to think like, gosh, I'm worried like he might die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally normal. This is like new motherhood thing. You're just just figuring it out. right? Right. Okay. All right. Great. But then they would, you know, become more consistent. They would become darker. They, I mean, I would think of like falling down the stairs and Charlie, you know, I'm not able to save Charlie and he's just like bleeding out and dying at my feet. Yeah. Very, very, very dark, vivid, real things Mm -hmm. that I wasn't able to push out anymore. So when I, when I wasn't able to push them out or, or figure out that they were just thoughts, not reality, Mm -hmm. I think that's when I knew, okay, I have to like stop and, and figure out another way because this isn't the way to continue. For sure. So was there, was there like a specific tool that talking with the therapist, like that he or she taught you or gave you, or was it just more of a matter of you figuring out your own ways to navigate? I'm just thinking for other moms out there that are like listening. Yeah. That's me, you know, like, yeah. Yes. A little bit of both. So um, she gave me some great tips that were when, when a thought comes into your mind, stop and say, is this fact or fiction? Uh-huh. That's so good. And, and that was really big for me because I could, I could stop myself, pull my, you know, pull myself out of my own brain really and say like, okay, is this real or is this not real? This is not real. This is not really happening right now. And then the part that worked for me on my own was doing things, um, really starting my day and being intentional with my mind. Like I tried to wake up and write down three things that I'm grateful for every day. Um, I have this book that's called journey to the heart and it's just little, um, like mantras or, um, meditation type, uh, type things that Mm -hmm. are really short. It takes me like maybe three to five minutes to read, um, every day. So I try to do that at some point in my day. It doesn't always start in the morning, but I yeah. try to. Um, and those have been really helpful. And I just try to be intentional with my mind. And I feel like before pregnancy, before Charlie, I never had to do that. I just figured it out. I just went with my day. But as these things and anxiety have become kind of a portion of my life, I've figured out ways to, um, overcome it, I guess. Yeah, and, and to like live, to live with it. Yeah, exactly. So you had to acknowledge that it's there and then figure out tools and like mechanisms and methods that work in your, your specific daily life to address it. Yep. You should be really proud of yourself. That's, I mean, that's super awesome because I know that it's not easy, you know, at yeah, all. And it, no. And I would say the, the one thing that was my biggest struggle was finding someone locally to talk to. I mean, I talk to you about it all, but all yeah. the time I couldn't find anyone to help me. I, um, was given phone numbers. Um, my, my, even my OB wouldn't see me. She said, you're postpartum past three months. So I can't see you need to go to your primary care physician. And that's something my that primary, really bothers me. Yeah. I mean, I was just blown away by that. I really was, especially being a nurse. I'm thinking 
how do you not have access or resources available for new moms? I mean, there's no timetable on when these things occur. You're postpartum oh no. your whole life, right? You've always, you're, you've had a baby, so now you are postpartum. Yeah, right. It doesn't change. just quit when you're three months postpartum. That's, yeah. that's not Or like thing. at your six-week checkup when they're like, do you have any blue thoughts? Do you love your baby? Right. Like you're going to sit there, obviously you're going to say no, and then you're going to like, right. no blue thoughts. Yes, I love my baby. But like, right. what happens if your hormones and, shift and things change. Like, what do you do next? Yep. And I remember filling out one of those sheets at one of Charlie's first appointments and thinking, I, I was really honest about it. I really was honest. And I really thought that someone was going to say something to me. Like if I just write it down on this paper, someone's going to help me. Mm. I don't even think I can say it out loud yet, but I think if I write it down on this paper, someone will, someone have to call. Right. I mean, I didn't, oh. I wasn't suicidal. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, danger my baby wasn't in danger and I didn't feel like I was going to harm myself but I wasn't normal I wasn't feel the way I was used to feeling right and nobody ever did and so I would just encourage people to as much as and hard as it was to say it once I said it out loud it became so much easier my gosh isn't that so true with with that with like just with anything in life it's like the things like I think sometimes we think that if we just don't give our thoughts like labels of words that they'll go away. But for me personally, like the things that I let fester in my mind and I don't label or get out or express, like those are, those are the things at the end of the day that are the biggest issues. And you're right. Like as soon as you do express them and figure out a way to put a label on it and say like, is this fact or is this what, is, what did you say? Fact or fiction? Fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Like, fiction. is this yep. fact or is this fiction? Like, I think that is such an awesome way to like, just stop ourselves, whether it's postpartum or it's any thoughts we're having and just be able to label it because in our heads, things have a life of their own and they don't go away. Yep. Yeah, they don't. And yeah, for me, especially they didn't, they didn't get better. They got worse. And, and it took me some time to really be able to say it out loud. But yeah. once I did, I really, I, and I was able to find someone who could help me. Okay. So um, I want you to I touch on to, that because I feel like people are probably wondering, okay, yeah. so they said no. So what did you do? So I literally Googled postpartum anxiety. Google. <laughs> and trusty Google. Um, yeah, seriously. Post, um, I want to look it up right now because there's a website um, that helped me. There was actually a, a woman, a nurse. She, I texted this line and she texted me back and found someone locally for me. Oh my gosh. Um, Take postpartum your time. support international postpartum. I'm going to make a note of this. And then I'm also going yeah. to link that below the podcast postpartum support yep. international. Mm-hmm. And they have, yeah. Okay. And they have a uh, hotline that you can call or you can text a number and you give them your zip code. And then uh, a real nurse, text you back like a real person that's not automated that's incredible and she helped find you someone um locally and she was able to give me a few names in my area that I was able to reach out to she took my insurance it was actually really kind of simple once I got to that point but it took forever to figure that out it really it really did but that is like such that's such an awesome tool to let the people know about because think about how much time you spent searching for that that like you could have been getting better you know, or like yep. having your thoughts yep. validated that you were out there trying to just figure it out for yourself. Like this is 2020. We don't need to figure things out like this for ourselves anymore. Like in my opinion, this should be 
a pamphlet that's in the folder they send you home from the hospital with. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like yeah. we should have to jump over so many hurdles and like feel yeah. badly about ourselves and question if this is normal or not. And then have a, a doctor tell you like, sorry, you've had a baby sorry, for 12 weeks you. now. Yep. One, yep. one trimester of pregnancy, you're no longer my responsibility. Like that's really sad. And it, and it was because I, I really had a great relationship with her mm-hmm. before that. And of course, you know, there are things outside of their control too, whether oh, that yeah. be insurance or other things, but still just the, the lack of resources that totally surround new moms. It's it, just like you said, in 2014, 2020, why don't we have more resources readily available to give moms before this happens? Exactly. Before you feel this. That's, yeah, I agree. Well, I think it's super awesome that you didn't let, you know, no be the end answer for you. And then you just found a way to ignore this or live with it and make it your thing. Like you really kept slugging away until you found the tools and learned them. And then not only that, you actually put them to use in your everyday life. Would you say that now seven and a half months postpartum, how are, how are you feeling? Like, do you feel like you're, yeah. you know, I'm yeah, I'm, I would say I'm, I don't know if normal is a good word to use because what is I don't that? think, <laughs> what is that, you know, but right. I feel, I feel as good as I've ever felt. I feel, um, you know, I'm able to control the things that come in and out. Of course, you know, everybody's going to have a bad day and Gosh, yeah. like we were going to do this podcast yesterday and I had a bad day. So we're doing it tonight. No, but, it's the truth. Yeah. You know, Life. just being real with yourself and, and being able to let yourself have a bad day. That's, you know, another thing. And I feel like now seven and a half months and I'm really, I'm giving myself a lot more grace and I feel, I feel good. I love that. I think that's so important. Yeah. It's one of those things like it took motherhood for me to do that for myself as well. Yep. It was like the first time I allowed myself like that. I gave myself the grace that I have given to others my entire life. It was like the first time that I felt like, okay, I deserve a little bit of this for me too. Yes, I agree. So cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. I want you to tell the people where they can find you, how they can reach you. Um, yeah. Okay. Wants, that's um, okay. My, if somebody wants to reach out with like no, questions absolutely. or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. My Instagram is Allie.a.smith. Smith, And I will include her um, in the links under this episode with the rest of this abundance of knowledge that we've learned in these resources. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. I hope you get some rest tonight. It sounds like you will because Charlie's a rock star sleeper. And yeah. it's almost the weekend. Not that that means anything differently, but Gosh, no at kidding. least maybe you'll get to stream some yoga from home or have a minute for yourself. Absolutely. All right. Well, Absolutely. thank you, Allie. Talk thank soon. Thank you so much. Love you, girl. Thank you so much. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. You guys know that I love to share the things that I love most with you. So today I'm really excited to talk to you about a brand that I've literally been living in during this pregnancy. The brand is called Bumpsuit. Bumpsuit is the most comfortable, like when I say comfortable, it feels like butter on your skin and stylish addition to your wardrobe. Not only for pregnancy, but for postpartum or just because. All bumpsuits are double lined to help smooth and support and they come in a full lineup of styles so that you can take that whole what am I going to wear today thought off your plate. I'm really excited to tell you that you can use code 
GRACE20 for 20% off your entire purchase. If you're curious about Bumpsuit, check them out on Instagram at Bumpsuit or at www.bumpsuit.co. I'll link both below the episode. That's it for now. Thanks for tuning in. When you have a chance, rate and review and hit subscribe to stay all in with new episodes. And if you enjoy All In with the Allens, be sure to share with a friend. In the meantime, follow along with our daily journeys on Instagram at grace.e.allen and ricardoallen37. Thanks again for joining and we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>